you are listening to By the Book. Because if you don't look at the world through the Bible, you will never see it right. Welcome to Episode 70 of By the Book. This is Alan Griffith, your host. I'm glad you're with us. And I want to move quickly to our discussion for today through the Word of God. Uh, And in doing so, if you have your Bible, I want you to open to Isaiah chapter 8. We concluded our last episode by reading a couple of verses from Isaiah 8, and they play in very well to the things we talked about last episode, and uh, they play into our discussion for this episode. So if you have your Bible, Isaiah chapter 8, verses 19 and 20. It says, And when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God? For the living to the dead? Hey, if you're going to seek for information, Are you going to go the way of spirits and wizards and those crazy things, things that we talked about last time? Shouldn't you seek God? Now, verse 20 says this, and this is really important because people, again, get into all these various avenues of of spiritism and such. And so verse 20 says this, to the law and to the testimony. Now, that's a reference to the Old Testament scriptures. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. I want you to think about that. Because what Isaiah is doing, and what we find throughout scriptures, is this. There is a measuring rod for truth. And you need to measure not only whatever these experiences might be of uh, fortune-telling and necromancy and divination and signs and whatever it is, whatever that might be that somebody might get into, there is a way to to measure. And initially, what we're reading here, we're going to go to another place, but initially, here's what Isaiah is saying. Listen, if whatever it is, or whoever it is, if they don't speak according to the Scriptures, if what they say is not in harmony with the Scripture, and immediately the Bible is lifted up as the measuring rod for truth. And I'll tell you, that could be in spirit things, or that could be in just some preacher or teacher. But you measure by the Word of God. And if they don't match the Word of God, if what they say is out of harmony with the Word of God, Uh, Guess what? It's not the Word of God that's wrong. It is because 
there is no light in them. And believe me, there's no light because they are wrapped in spiritual darkness. So that's important. I want you to kind of get that in your mind as we continue on, because uh, today we want to talk more about uh, how God speaks. And I think we'll get get to that. Uh, but again, people want to know, you know, what are the answers? How should I live? What should I do? And that's why they go to the, you know, to the, the fortune teller or the card reader or whatever it is. Help me. Well, there's a measuring rod. And uh, stay away from that stuff because you're going to find nothing but trouble and heartache there. But as I was thinking about these things, my my mind went to what I would call uh, a couple of the most familiar, most well-known, uh, most honored so-called fortune tellers, psychics, etc. One from a number of years ago, who I remember being mentioned quite a bit, was an American psychic named Jean Dixon. You might not remember her. Maybe you do. Uh, I remember that uh, the the praise to Jean Dixon, or the praise uh, about her telling the future, was this. She is right over 50% of the time. Now, I want to ask you something. Are you going to base your life on that? Because a lot of people did. Well, Jean Dixon died in 1997. Interestingly, she was referred to as, and I believe she called herself, a committed Christian. A committed Christian. But she was a psychic who was getting her information from somewhere. Let me tell you, it wasn't from God. And she would come up with these prophecies, and people would base their life on them. Now, here's one that to a degree, quote-unquote, came true. There wasn't a lot of detail that she gave, but this lady predicted the assassination of John F. Kennedy. I want you to think about that. She predicted the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And there's a number of other things that she predicted that you could say, wow, look at that. She she said in advance that that was going to happen, and it happened. Well, let me tell you that, again, she died in 1997, but she also predicted that the world would end in 2020. It didn't. Now, some people, because maybe she predicted the assassination of John F. Kennedy, then listen to this other prediction, the world's going to end in 2020, and they'd say, boy, she she was right about Kennedy. I better, whatever the steps of preparation would be, I better prepare, I better get ready, I better do whatever, because this lady said, 2020, it's over. She was wrong. She was wrong because she was uh, out of step with God. She was uh, out of harmony with the scriptures. The Bible is very clear about the end times, uh, the end of the world, 
It does not give us a date, but it gives us an awful lot of information by which we evaluate uh, the times in which we live. Gene Dixon. On the one hand, I want to say, look her up. On the other hand, I want to say, don't look her up. But if you do, you'll find out that, yeah, she predicted a lot of things. She was a prophetess, predicted a lot of things. But a whole lot of them didn't come true. Then there's this fellow Nostradamus. I think he's mentioned more today than Gene Dixon. Gene Dixon used to be mentioned quite a bit. Nostradamus was uh, somewhere back in the 1500s, as I recall. And uh, he predicted, again, things that came true. And uh, you can, you can uh, look them up. However, Nostradamus predicted that World War III, excuse me, World War III would start in 2005. Then he said there would be a truce in 2017, and that World War III would end in 20. 25. Well, here we are. Did World War III start in 2005? Well, not that I know of. Was there a truce in 2017? Not that I know of. And uh, will the Third World War end in 2025? Well, again, it hasn't even started. But there are people who go to Nostradamus, and they will point out to you, these are things he said way back in the 1500s, and look, this came true, this came true. And then we say again, yeah, but where's the measuring rod? Where is the measuring rod for truth and certainty? Well, I want to take you back to another place in Scripture. It's Deuteronomy chapter 18. And I want to read to you, beginning in verse 15. Here's what it says. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken. Now, without going through all the detail, that prophet, was the Lord Jesus Christ, whom God eventually would raise up. And, and the references are found in Scripture back to this with regard to the Lord Jesus. He was that prophet. So let me read on before we get to what I really want to focus on. <clears throat> Verse 16, according to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. 
Now, again, that was a prophecy being given to Moses about the fact that someday God would raise up a prophet, and uh, he would have the word of God in him, and, and so on. And again, that prophet did come. That prophet was the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, listen to verse 20 through verse 22. I just read to you from verse 15 to uh, verse 19 of Deuteronomy 18. <clears throat> now let me read to you from verse 20 to 22. Verse 20, But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou say in thine heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? Now, that was a good question. Here's these people who claim to be prophets. Well, how are we going to know whether God has spoken it or not? Verse 22, when a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. What's he mean, thou shalt not be afraid of him? I want to tell you what it means. It means that prophet or prophetess is a phony. It's a phony. You see, here is the measure for prophecy. Here is the measure for any of these messages. It is not a matter of whether one might come true, one might not come true. Listen, the message of God always comes true. Let me go back to Deuteronomy 13. It says this, and I'm beginning in verse 1. <clears throat> if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he spoke unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them, thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. And that prophet 
or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he hath spoken to you away from the Lord your God, to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage, to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord God commanded thee to walk in, so shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. Now, this was the law of Moses. This was a Mosaic law for the people of Israel. And if we take Deuteronomy 18 and Deuteronomy 13 and put them together, here's the bottom line for our day, for our age. Uh, We don't live under the law of Moses. We don't have that government where we would be putting false prophets to death. That was Israel in their day, etc. But what's what's the uh, the long term message for us? Because again, you got the prophets and the prophetess, and you got the the reader of the tea leaves and the tarot cards and the Ouija board and the whatever it might be. All that stuff that's out there, uh, your visions. You thought you saw somebody, whatever it might be. Here's the message. The message, number one, has to be true for you to think that it might be of God. However, the real measuring rod of the prophet or the system or the whatever it might be is this. Does it come true every single time? That would be our measuring rod. And of course, not only that it come true every single time, but the purpose of it is important, where Moses was told, now if this prophet says something and it does come true, you don't accept that until you see what direction that prophet is trying to take you. And if he's not trying to take you to the living God, He's trying to take you in another direction, then stay away from that. Stay away from that person. So you got a couple of things going on here. Number one, these messages, wherever they might come from, do they always come true? If they don't always come true, they can't be of God. But number two, are they turning you to the Lord or are they turning you away from the Lord? Now let's go a little different direction. Again, if you have your Bible open, I want you to go to the New Testament, and I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to pick up in verse 8. Now, when you're in the New Testament, and especially when you are in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, you are in the midst of a discussion of God giving new truth. Remember the, the truth of the church. And much of the truth of the end times was not given in the Old Testament. So in the New Testament times, we have prophecies being given. We have new truth being given. There was some confusion and turmoil about what are called these sign gifts of prophecy and revelation and the speaking of tongues and just all the stuff that was going on that could have been considered God-giving new truth, but there was turmoil, there was confusion about it. And so Paul writes 
1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, to address some of these things. And again, we're going to pick up in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 8. And I want to just walk through a couple of verses here. I'm going to give some explanation. But there is this confusion today sometimes, forgetting about a Gene Dixon or a Nostradamus or whatever, but often in the context of professing Christianity, there is this idea that we are getting revelation from apostle so-and-so or preacher so-and-so or whatever it might be. And so let's talk about that. Let's get us up to date with those kinds of things. And then we are going to move on, probably not in this episode now, but we're going to move on to how do I get a message from God? How does God speak? And uh, thankfully, he, he has a message for us to guide us and direct us and so on. But we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 8, <clears throat> and we no sooner start to read that I need to make commentary for you. But here's what it says. Verse 8, charity, and that's a word that needs explanation. That's the term agape that we find in the Greek text. Uh, rendered charity, quite uh, properly so. It's a good rendering, but also it's rendered love. And here, to understand it, we often think of 1 Corinthians 13 as the love chapter, powerful testimony of, uh, of love. And so Paul begins this discussion with, with this message, charity or love never faileth. That's wonderful. <clears throat> love is never going to end. We will experience love in time and eternity, the love of God and the love of people. So in this discussion, Paul wants to kind of set this forward, that love will never end. But then he says this, but whether there be prophecies, aha, prophecies, uh, not just the forth telling of God's truth, but the foretelling of God's truth. Somebody saying this is what is going to happen in the future and professing that message to be from God. Well, that was going on, but Paul said this, whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Now, that term fail uh, doesn't simply mean stop. It, it carries with it the idea of stopping because it's being replaced or fulfilled. You'll see what I mean in a moment. So charity, it'll never end. Prophecies, yeah, they, they are going to come to an end. There's going to come a time when there will not be more prophecy. That's what Paul's saying. Then he says, whether there be tongues, and you may very well be familiar with that, tongues was a believer being able to speak in another language, having never, having never learned that language. It was a, a, a provision of the Holy Spirit. Uh, tongues were for a sign uh, and for the purpose of uh, being interpreted to give a message from God. But tongues 
<clears throat> without an interpreter, just suppose all of a sudden you and I started speaking a different language, that might that might um, edify us in that experience, but it wouldn't do anybody else any good because nobody could understand it. So in any event, here's what Paul says about tongues. He said, whether there be tongues, they shall cease. He said, they're going to end. And a little differently than the ending of the prophecy, as I pointed out, the term for fail for prophecy means it'll be uh, completed and fulfilled or replaced by something else. So Paul says, love, charity, it'll never end. Prophecies will come to an end, but they'll be replaced, as it were. Tongues will just totally cease. And then he brings up another area, whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Now, that's just not knowledge, you and I having the ability to know something. That is revelation, new knowledge, where all of a sudden God gives to someone truth that nobody else ever heard of or knew before. And again, that happened in the New Testament. And then it says, Paul said, whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Well, that little term, it shall vanish away, matches in the Greek language that little term of prophecies, fail. So let me give you a picture. Paul said, love, it'll never end. Paul said, tongues will end. They'll cease, period. Prophecies telling the future, knowledge, new revelation, will be replaced, as it were, or fulfilled by something else. And then Paul made this very obvious statement in verse 9. He said, for we know in part, we know, that's knowledge, we have part of the revelation that God's going to give, and we prophesy in part. He said, we have part of the prophecy that's God's going to give. But then he says this, and listen to it. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. So the things that are in part, prophecy, telling the future, knowledge, new revelation, they are going to be done away. However, there's a time in this text. There's a time word, and the time word is when. So we might ask, okay, well, tongues are going to cease when? Prophecy is going to be replaced by something else when? The giving of new truth, new revelation is, is going to stop when? And the when is given in verse 10. Paul says this, but when that which is perfect is come. Now, we have to answer the question, what is that which is perfect? Now, some people say, well, that sounds like the Lord Jesus. When the Lord Jesus comes, then all this stuff will stop. That's what some people believe. Now, the problem with that is that uh, we have uh, genders in the Greek language, just as we do in the English language. Uh, We have feminine, masculine, and neuter. Well, verse 10, when that which is come, uh, the that is written in neuter. So when it's something that is neuter, not masculine or gender or feminine, but something neuter comes. Well, let me tell you something. That's not the Lord Jesus Christ. 
But we get that word perfect and people think, well, that sounds like, you know, perfection and that sounds like the Lord Jesus. No, the, the grammar tells us that's not the Lord Jesus. Now, this term perfect is found elsewhere in scriptures. And the term in the Greek language carries with it the idea of that which is mature or complete. And I want to read it to you with the term complete, and then I'll explain to you why. Verse 10, when that which is complete is come, then something will happen. Then that which is in part shall be done away. It'll stop. It'll be replaced. Well, what is it that is in part? Well, we just saw that. <clears throat> Paul was saying in his day, the prophecy foretelling the future was in part, didn't have it all yet in his day. Uh, New Revelation didn't have it all yet. But Paul said this, but when that which is complete, in other words, when we have the complete prophecy and when we have the complete revelation, then that which is in part, the giving of prophecy, the giving of revelation, that will all end. Now, what's that mean? Well, here's what it means. What was the completion of prophecy and revelation was the Bible. The Bible. In Paul's day, it was in the process of being completed. Paul was writing, Peter would write, John would write, and pretty soon we would end up with a complete message from God, a complete revelation from God, the complete prophecy from God. We weren't going to get any more prophecy or revelation. We have it all. Listen, that's what happened. It happened in the first century, and since that time, God has not been given new prophecy. God has not been given giving new revelation. We have it all. We have it, hallelujah, in a book, the Bible. So no more prophecy, no more revelation. We have the message of God in the Bible. How does God speak? Well, next episode, we're going to focus in on it all the more. But God has spoken. You and I need to receive it. Lord bless you till next time.